fellow riders. This is your host, Rusty James. It is Tuesday, July 19th, 2016, and this is The Ride. Hey, my friends. I'm glad you're here with me today. I really am glad that you are here with me today. You matter. And I'm glad that you're here hanging out on the ride today. I don't know. I just thought that maybe you needed to hear that. It's important that you're here. For, for not only am I joined by your presence, albeit a spiritual presence, but we are, I guess we, you could say that we're in agreement here. And today is a day that I would like us to be in agreement. You know, there's a power when people of like minds and like spirits agree. There's a power there. Realize, you know, in business, I, I think about this a lot because, as you know, I rant a little bit about when communication isn't happening right at work. And it's true anywhere. I mean, in a church, leadership, in a worship team, in the family, if communication is poor, a lot can't be accomplished very well or very easily. But when things are in alignment and in agreement, and that means that one person expects to be communicated to in a certain way, and they are. And the other person or the other parties expect to be given commands and given direction a certain way, and they are. The machine is lubricated and it, and it runs really well. And when there is agreement, there is not discord. And so today I want you to be in agreement with me if you can. Obviously, 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 when you listen to anyone on the radio, on TV, uh, your friends, whatever, you need to take what you're hearing and run it by the Word of God, our truth standard. So, obviously, anything I say, you, you run it against the Word of God, okay? That is your responsibility as a believer or as one who is seeking. If you haven't committed yet to following our Lord God. And I want to encourage you that as you listen to these, if you haven't made a decision for Christ, I pray, I kind of do it in the background all the time while we're talking, I pray that the Lord will open your eyes. Not that you are wrong, necessarily, but sometimes people don't know what they don't know, you know? You know? So I'm when I ask the Lord to open your eyes, you know, we all have blinders on. Even us believers don't see things the way we should. And and I'm praying for myself. In fact, my wife and I before I left this morning just had a a, a real desire to pray with her that we would have clarity and some vision uh, that could affect our lives quite a bit uh, in the coming months, years, whatever. 
you know, you can't, you can't overpray. I mean, it is so good. Husbands and wives pray together. It might take a bit to get used to it if you haven't done it. I tell you what, there is a real power there when you have an agreement with your spouse. It really kind of smooths over some of the rough edges in the relationship. And yes, even the best marriages have rough edges. Married people, you know that when you come together with your spouse and you are intimate, that kind of helps smooth over some of the rough edges in the relationship. Kind of does that. You're, you have more grace on the other person. Because you've been intimate, you've, you've been sharing what you should be only sharing with your spouse. And in a similar way, non-physical, non-sexual way, being before the Lord in an intimate prayer, and it doesn't have to be a long thing. Christy and I were praying for probably no more than three minutes, four minutes. But it, there's a power there, and it really, really, really strengthens your relationship. So I want to encourage married people, you need to be doing that. And just while I'm thinking about it, I want to... Uh, see, how do I put this? If you're not married, um, be really careful <laughs> if you're doing that with your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. I'm not saying don't pray. But don't open yourself up to temptation. You know, prayer is a very intimate thing. And I just want to caution you because it can be real easy for our enemy to deceive you and say, yeah, it's good for you to do this kind of thing. So yeah, pray with her. Go off in the corner and pray with her. Well, praying is a very intimate thing and it can lead to the kind of behavior that you probably wouldn't be praying to do. So I'm just giving you a little bit of word of caution there, young people and middle-aged people who aren't married but have a girlfriend, boyfriend, you know what I'm saying. Be cautious. Better I mean, it's good to be praying with the one who might be your future spouse. Just be in a, be in a, uh, a safe place. Maybe in a more corporate setting where there's, you know, a singles group praying together or whatever. I'm just, I'm just saying, be very careful. Okay, enough of that rant. I was looking at the Word of God today, and the reason I want us to be in agreement today is because of what we're about to read. I think that I'm, well, I'm special, I'm unique, but but so are you in, in your way. What I'm saying is I'm kind of like, we're all kind of the same in, in certain ways. And when I say I'm like you, I have a uniqueness, and you do too, but, but we all have a similar need. And we all, have some of the same kind of temptations that are common to man. You know, when Jesus was tempted in the desert, 
the enemy was using things against Jesus. Now, was he using weaponry? Physical weaponry? Mortal weaponry? No. What did the enemy use? He used words. And he used them dipped in poison because he took truth and poisoned it. And it seems like the enemy uses this stuff. He'll speak them to you in your mind. He will cause you to dwell on things that were said over you. Words have incredible power. And that's what he was using. He was using words. He was using lies to deceive, attempting to deceive Jesus. But Jesus used what as a defense? He used the word of God. So words have an incredible power. If they were the thing that was trying to take Jesus out, and he used words to combat that, I think words are important, don't you think? So, uh, after I get gas here, we're going to go right into the Word of God and take a look at what words can do. And I'm going to give you a word infusion from the Word of God that is going to set your feet on a victorious path today. So you stand by. Okay, so this is coming out of Isaiah 41. I want you to listen and dwell as I read this. Dwell on the Word of God that God is speaking to His children Israel. And by extension, He's speaking this to you today. Today. Do you know that the Word of God is active and is living and is breathing and speaks to your today? Here we go. Okay, I'm starting with verse 9. I took you from the ends of the earth, from its farthest corners. I called you. I said you are my servant. I have chosen you and I have not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. For I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear. I will help you. Verse 15. See, I will make you into a threshing sledge, new and sharp, with many teeth. You will thresh the mountains and crush them. That's one way to make a mountain move. God turns you into an instrument of making the high places low so that you can walk through. You will thresh the mountains and crush them and reduce the hills to chaff. You will winnow them. The wind will pick them up and a gale will blow them away. 
if you've ever seen a hay field and all the hays in these rows, God is saying you're going to do that with the instrument that he puts within you. He's going to sharpen you and you're going to be able to take those mountains in your life and you're going to be able to knock them down, making them into these hay bales, not even bales, just loose hay, and the wind is going to carry that away. It says, and a gale will blow them away, but you will rejoice in the Lord and glory in the Holy One of Israel. Okay, we'll stop there. So when I was reading that this morning, I was realizing that words have incredible, incredible power. Incredible power. And I've been through something recently where words spoken over me have just about debilitated me. And I was noticing through that that uh, part of the debilitation, if that's a word, was occurring because I was agreeing with those words spoken over me. Now, I should know better because I'm always telling you guys, you know, you need to speak the Word of God over you. The Word of God sees you, God sees you, in a way that we don't even see ourselves. And I encourage you to do that. Well, you know, I'm human like the rest of us, and I was listening to these words over me that were cutting, and I was seconding those words. So I was not speaking the Word of God over me. And I do understand how that can happen because you can get brought to a point low enough that you don't even have the energy to look up the words of God. And that is why we must hide the words of God in our heart. That is why I'm always saying we must stay in the Word. We need to know these things that God believes about us that God knows about us. It's not just words. This is truth about you. And yes, we're going to have enemies. And yes, just like Israel had enemies in the land, but God said, you're going to conquer the land with my help. And he's saying here, he is making you into an instrument of war. Kind of like. In the war, you're battling these mountains these high places. Oh, that's good. You know, high places speak of uh, idols and places of worship, the high places. It's probably no wonder that God uses that picture when he's saying that these mountains will be made low, destroyed, made into these basically chaff. And it's God's doing. But, you know, he's giving us the power and the tools. It's up to us to wield them. So the reason I want us to be in agreement here is because many of us, now or at some point in our lives, we're going to be dealing with the word spoken over us. And you might stop me right there and say, well, you know, I don't believe in that kind of stuff. I don't believe in curses and and all that stuff. Well, okay, I understand that you might not believe in it, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's not true. Now, I'm not giving any credit to 
occult practices of witchcraft, although there is a spiritual element of truth to that that's demonic and we must avoid it. The Bible says we need to avoid that stuff. And there is some power there, but we, we as Christians are not under that power. We are over that power. We put our heel on the neck of that serpent, okay? And we have authority over that. That does not have to be a mountain in our life. It doesn't have to be. But isn't a curse, couldn't a curse also be something like this? You grew up in a home and the parents spoke things over you. Maybe not evil things, but, you know, little Jimmy's not going to amount to much. You know, his sister, she was the talented one. But little Jimmy, well, we just hope he can make it through high school and who knows what he's going to do. You, you hear that through your adolescence over and over. It changes what you see about yourself. I mean, that doesn't even take a spiritual knowledge to understand that. So here's the thing. We've all had some of that. We've all had these type of words spoken over us. Attitudes over us. You know, you might be part of the family that was kind of not the popular part of the family. Or you, you know, because of the marriage of your parents and because of their relationship in the family, maybe you were the outcast family. And you don't even need words. You just know that there's an attitude over your family. Well, you know what? God has an attitude over you, and it has nothing whatsoever, nothing to do with what people say about you. I don't care what was spoken over you. I don't care what was spoken behind your back over you. God has a plan for you, and it's a good plan. And I want you to project what the enemy has wanted to define you by, which is these evil, lying words. It is not for your good. God has things for your good. You may wonder, why is the gospel, or the good news, why do people even preach it anymore? Seems like it's just not, you know, it's not relevant anymore. It's absolutely relevant. The world is going to hell unless we know God. If we don't know God, we're going to end up dying in our sin, not knowing the salvation that God has offered us freely. Now, I'm on the radio, I'm on the podcast, whatever. I'm on your mobile device right now because I feel like there are people who need to hear this and any other way, they wouldn't hear it. You need to understand something. God came to this planet for you. For you. And if you're living a life where you're being defined by words of people, you know, people are flaky. The words that they speak sometimes can be helpful, but many times they can be harmful. And even if they're trying to be good, hey, you can make it. You can make it. Well, you know what? You can't. You, you can't make it. Not without Jesus Christ. So even those encouraging words that are all human, even those fail. I'm here to tell you, you need God. 
You need Jesus Christ in your life. And the only way you're going to know if I'm telling you the truth or not is if you submit to him, open your heart to him, and let him in. So right now we're going to do it. Lord God, there are people who are listening right now, and they know they need you. They know they've been listening to the wrong words. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes, every one of us, so we can see the power and the majesty of your kingdom, and that we can be the light in the world today because you've put your power and life inside of us. Lord, we say that we agree, that we believe that you came to the earth for the reason of showing us who you are through your son, Jesus Christ. And the death he did on the cross to allow for the payment of sin and so that we wouldn't have to make that payment, you did it. And now we can have a relationship with you. Lord, all these things we admit, maybe we have listened to the wrong words. We've, we've adopted what the world is telling us about you. Enough's enough. Lord, enter our life. Let us see the truth of your way. Give us power so that when we read the word of God, the pages come alive. And we're encouraged to follow your ways. Help us to live the way you want us to live. And then we can truly live. I reject the words that the enemy has spoken over me through people and through my own thinking. I reject those words. I want to live by the words that you have spoken over me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for giving me this word that is full of power. And you will live in me and help me live every day. I thank you, Lord, for entering my life today. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Life-changing day today. Okay, you stay in the word of God. And you live in peace and you pray for those who persecute you. And why don't you start speaking some of those words you're finding in the Word of God. Why don't you speak those over your life? You don't have to have somebody else do it necessarily. You speak it. The Holy Spirit within you speaks those words over your own life. There's a power there when you do this. I want you to do this, and I'll do it too. And we'll just see how far we can go. Because I've got a feeling there ain't no wall we can't hurdle. Okay? And I will see you on the flip.